On this episode of Whale Cave, writer Lou Schneider talks about meeting his musical idol in an elevator, actress Janet Varney reminisces about going to concerts with her cool dad, and host Matt Price creates a new hour-long drama involving rental cars. Whale Cave starts now. Can't you feel it come here? Hey everybody, welcome to Whale Cave, that's J.C. Brooks and the Uptown Sounds, with a song called I Can See Everything, off their album Want More, huh? How about that, to start Whale Cave? Nailed it! Show's on fire already! Thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, not that you, not that you tune in on the internet be a horrible way to do the internet with a giant dial. Probably a, that's probably a first draft of the internet. We need a giant dial over here. Al Gore. Who created it? Awful. Awful idea to start the internet. Um, but thank you for listening to Whale Cave. This is a podcast uh, where uh, uh, people I, I really like, people I think are funny, come in and tell stories about music. And um, my name is Matt Price. I'm your host. Today on Whale Cave, two very funny people, Mr. Lou Schneider and Ms. Janet Varney, are joining us to tell some stories, some tales, some music-related things. And that was, um, uh, as I mentioned, that was J.C. Brooks and the Uptown Sounds. They're, on, uh, they're very cool to let me use their music, so I'm going to play a couple snippets of their songs throughout this episode. I'm going to try and do that every episode, like play one band a little bit throughout and uh, they're on Bloodshot Records. Just dropping that in. A little info. I give a little info. That's me. I'm the info guy. I'm the uh, I'm your Wikipedia today. Um, but I like them a lot. I first heard them. They did a cover of um, uh, "I'm Trying to Break Your Heart" by Wilco, which was the best Wilco cover I've ever heard. Um, I'm a huge Wilco fan, much to my wife's dismay, who thinks they sound a bit twee. I disagree with that assessment, wife calling you right now no i'm not i'm not calling you we're in the middle of a show but um they do it's a great cover of the song that i'm trying to break your heart it's kind of a if you don't know it it's kind of a, a it's a slower song and it's the lyrics are very abstract but but uh jc brooks they put a, a sort of a funky i don't want to say neo soul spin because they're not like india Ari, but they put you know they 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 uh funk it up it's really good so i'll play that at the end of the show a little tease you gotta listen you got to listen to the whole thing to get that 35-second snippet of that song that you could download on iTunes right now. But it's very good. Um, so I hope you enjoy the show up until that point, and then you'll really enjoy it once you hear that snippet. It's terrific. Um, I just got back from New Jersey. I spent a week there. I'm not trying to brag, but I rented a car, and uh, it was a Dodge Avenger. So think about that for a second, how sweet that would be. I realized when you're in New Jersey, a car. We, we need a car, obviously, <laughs> to travel because you you need that in New Jersey. But um, there was no satellite in the Avenger, which kind of bummed me out because you're in Jersey, and uh, and there's not a lot of uh, I don't know. I think you need some good stimulation in Jersey. It's a little blah, a little blah around there. So I went with the uh, the classics. Went the old school, just you know the FM, which actually, as I was driving around, I'm like. The only time Fly Like an Eagle sounds good is when you're driving around Jersey. It did. It sounded great. I also had this thing where I, I like – this is an odd thing about Matt Price. When I get in a car, a rental, I like to see if I can figure out who rented the car before me by the presets, what they had going. This, the guy before me or the lady had uh, three hip-hop stations, a sort of – Really, you know, a top, a top forty station, really dancey top forty station, and it's in a Korean news station. So I was like, "This guy's like a guy. I'm going with like a Korean teen, maybe, or a, or a really like cool Korean old lady." But they were Korean, is my point. And they left some Korean literature in the car, which helped me figure that out. I thought that'd be a cool TV show, like the presetist, like the guy who figured out a criminal, you know, crimes based on the presets. In the car that the criminal rented. Tonight on the presetist. <laughs> this guy just works at Enterprise. By day, by night, 
He's the presetist. Okay, that's that's the show I'm pitching. So don't steal that, audience. Please don't. I mean, you could. You actually probably could. Just please don't. I'm asking you as a friend. Um, when I was in New Jersey, I really appreciated Los Angeles's music venues and the options, uh, places you can go see music. I, and I, I do not praise Los Angeles that often. You will not hear me uh, that often on, on Whale Cave, giving L.A. a lot of love. But I will when it comes to music venues because when you're in New Jersey, I just had a feeling a lot of bands aren't like, oh, man, you know what we got to play? We got to play the Freehold Ramada Inn. We got to get there. I don't care. I want you. To, why? Why aren't we on the phone with the Freehold Ramada Inn right now? Because oh, they don't have a phone. All right. Can you mail them something? Yeah, mail them a letter. Because I want to. I want people don't mail letters anymore. Oh, I want to play there, man. I gotta get to Freehold. Gotta hook that up, yo. Type up the letter. You can't type anymore. God, we're never going to get to Freehold. That was, that was a long Freehold bit. That was a good character, though. That's a good monologue. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record that somehow. Um, but I did. I really appreciate LA's music venues because there, there are a lot of places here to see music. Um, and we're going to talk about that, actually, with, uh, with uh, both Lou and Janet. Janet has uh, some concert tales she's going to tell later. And, um, and right now we're going to bring up... Uh, our first guest, uh, and by our, I mean my first guest here in Whale Cave. Um, he's, this is a quick little story about Lou Schneider. Um, when I was an intern at Second City, that's right, I was in Chicago. The director said that I reminded him of a young Lou Schneider. And I said, in my head, I didn't say, when I was an intern, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just got people's dry cleaning. But I, I, in my head, I said, I'm not a young Lou Schneider. I'm, I'm Matt Price. That's who I am. And then uh, about 16 years later or so, I met Lou Schneider, and he's hilarious. And I was like, oh, that's a, that was a great compliment 16 years ago. Wow. Thank you. I wish I wasn't such a jerk in my head. Uh, but he's, he's an Emmy Award-winning writer. He wrote for – I met him on Men of a Certain Age where he was a writer, and uh, he's written for Everybody Loves Raymond and uh, a bunch of other places. Um, so I, I welcome him here to Whale Cave. Lou Schneider, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. Yes. Thank you yes. for having me. I was going to wait 16 years to give you the thank you, because <laughs> our relationship takes place in 16-year increments. It does. Yeah. So, but that, that, you were like, it was like a sleeper cell of a compliment. I've it, told you that story. I think I told you that like the third time we ever chatted. I don't know if I remember that. I think I was so offended initially by, your, <laughs> by the face you made when some in, in, the, in the retelling of the, of the way you. the person. That's okay. Don't make a face though until you, you know. Like, you know, you're a parent. You want your kid to try something. Oh, Lou Schneider. I don't know what that is. I'll just make no face at all. Instead, you made a terrible face. No, 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 no. In my head, I made a yeah, face. Yeah, in the retelling of the story, you made. I was watching your face. But you would, you know what I mean? If someone was like, if you met somebody when you were an intern at wherever, and they were like, you're like a young, you know, whatever. Mort Saul. Mort Saul. How fantastic. That okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I got you. If you didn't know who he was, you know. Matt, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be with you. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you introduced me because I wanted to laugh at your preset story and I wanted to laugh at other things. But because you hadn't introduced me yet, right. until you get introduced, you don't exist on radio or no. podcast. So you have to be quiet. Yep. So I'm going to do all my laughing You can let now. it out now. <laughs> it's all good. Great. Yeah, let all, it out. All good. Share it. All good. I, I didn't know – until you said the thing about the uh, where the literature was found in the car, I thought this is not a Korean. This is simply leftover preset from the customer before that person. In other words, all the hip-hop and the rock station was from – Oh. And, but then you said it. There was literature, so you're right. It was probably a Korean. That's how. wasn't a, wasn't a teenager though, as you know. No, no, you can't rent a car till you're 25. Oh, so we know a few things. This is great. This is a whole show. That's the act break of the presetist. Well, the presetist, <laughs> yeah, no, the presetist, yeah, he has a, he's got a buddy who just knows much more about the rental car agreements. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, just one guy's only good at the presets. Yeah, and the other guy knows stuff. He's like, he refused the insurance. This guy's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He ordered a baby seat. He's crazy, but he takes care of his kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he knows a lot of stuff about He's caring, but damaged. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So he yeah, knows yeah. he knows a lot. One guy handles the rental car stuff. Can I, can I be in on this project? I think I got I'd a really love good it. I think I got a really good I handle. I think we have something. Yeah. I, I just handle the rental car stuff. Yeah. That is great. All right, let's do it. All right. All right, thanks, Lou. Thanks right, for coming well, on the show. Ya. See ya. And uh, well, you were telling me um, before before we got on right. 
um, that well, what were you telling me exactly? Well, I was telling you, uh, you know, we were talking about kids and and, and how you're the, you're the gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, of oh, your right. kids' musical. We're text. talking about our kid, yes, and 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 it, and it sort of dovetails what you're saying about presets in the car. Like you are presetting your kids' mental music channels for their mm. lives. People, I like that. I would blame you if if kids like lousy music today. It's mostly your fault because you did not educate them in the classics. Mm-hmm. You allowed them to make their own decisions and to have their own tastes, and that's wrong. Right, <laughs> that's really wrong. Yeah, that's called not parenting. Like my kids, you know, they have their, three kids. I have three kids. My oldest right. kid is twenty. My second kid is eighteen, and he's at Coachella right now, uh, and still alive. I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no sure. idea. I'm sure, sure, he's probably fine. Um, and my youngest is 15, and the most musical of all of them, I took him to Jazz Fest last year in New Orleans. And Ooh. this is a kid who, like, sprinted because he wanted to get closer to Jeff Beck because Trombone Shorty was doing um, I Want to Take You Higher wow. uh, by Sly and the Family Stone. And it's fun to watch your kid groove to that. that was, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. When, when, when your kid shouts boom shakalaka laka, boom shakalaka laka, and then along with 100,000 people, you really shed a tear. You should. Yeah. You should shed a tear. You're proud. Are you shedding a tear because you're just proud of him, or you're, you're excited for him, or you're proud of how you raised him? I was I'm, all those things. I was I was yeah. moved by this by the thing. But anyway, like I said, my kids don't didn't know bad music for a long time. In fact, Radio Disney, I, they didn't think we our car got it. Like until one day we were going to Disneyland and they saw somebody was able to read at that point. I think my oldest Marty saw a sign that said Disney, and I said, Oh yeah, if you want to listen to Radio Disney, it probably comes in here. <laughs> like I didn't like they didn't think it. I because they'd asked before. Do we ever hear Disney? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we don't have that. It's not a thing. Don't don't doesn't exist up here where we are in L.A. <laughs> Just because you love it, because you love music so much, right? You you had to guide. I had to guide them, and 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 they were educated in the classics. They 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 really were good for a while. You know, Beatles. I mean, there's something elemental about the Beatles. You could that num that uh, that. Beatles album of all their number ones that was in heavy heavy rotation when they were like in preschool and they knew the right songs you know they knew and that's uh, your doing yes me and the wife Liz the great Liz and yes they knew a lot of Toots and the My Talls early on and my wife Marty we think wasn't even well here's you know the night before my oldest son was born mm-hmm. we were in an elevator my wife and I to, maybe to induce labor I took her to see a taping <laughs> of <laughs> the new Carol Burnett show which was <laughs> uh, the new and quickly canceled Carol Burnett show uh, at Television City in Hollywood, and we uh, we got in uh, <laughs> we got in an elevator with BB King, who's one of our favorites. And BB uh, King saw it, looked at my wife's giant belly, and said, uh, "You know what you're going to have?" And Liz said, "No." And he said, "You're going to have a boy." I'm not going to do the BB King voice. Why not? <laughs> no, just. Imagine. I've, yeah. I've seen you do your BB King. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's really people love it. By the way, he's holding Lucille. It, it's like they go. He really was. Oh, really? It's like if you saw Superman and he was, you know, he was, he would be in the costume. BB King, even though he wasn't on stage, wasn't playing music, was still holding the guitar, like Linus in the security blanket. He, he doesn't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> so he's holding Lucille, and he says, "You're going to have a boy." And I, I don't know if you know anything about medicine, but the, the sex of the child I is don't. not determined. I don't, by the way. Well, I'll tell your listeners. Okay. The sex of your child is not determined until about I think, like. Five or six minutes before the baby actually comes out. Mm. So yeah, so we did, so it was no, neutral at that point, and um, and then BB King said here, and he stuck a pin into Liz's belly. No, he stuck a he gave Liz a little Lucille plastic pin. That was like the first baby gift. So I think Marty's good musical taste comes from the fact that BB King, his own self, yeah. had given Marty a little pin before he was born, and there we go. Then we like the rhythm in the blues. And Marty and BB King was right. BB King was right. Marty yeah. was a boy. Okay. Um, Not like Marty from Greece, who was a girl. No. Okay. No, the exact opposite. Okay, right. <laughs> exact opposite of that. He, you know, BB King. Uh, he he does predict a lot of. Ba- I don't know if you know this. He does predict a lot of baby sexes. He does, and he also predicts that in the middle of the show he'll like go. He'll like bring. A he'll lay on hands, yes, and just kind of play a little bit, <laughs> and see who reacts. Girl, that's my BB King impression. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't believe I didn't I, I didn't leave you clear air to do that. <laughs> it's pretty great. That's okay. Uh, yeah. I, I so, I was gonna um, my yesterday uh, talking about your playing your kid, uh, making sure they have good music. My uh, I've been I used to sing my daughter to sleep uh, with. Um, she's twenty months old now, but when she was a baby, with um, "Tangled Up in Blue," which is a weird choice yes. to sing. But I kind of sang like a a happier version of that sad song. I would hope. It was, but but it was. It's kind of you know. It's kind of a bouncy. Did she go to sleep right away, or is she or is she like just is so sad she's going to feign sleep? She <laughs> she feigned. She feigned <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, and there was usually one tear rolling down her cheek. Right. 
So that was, I guess I should Summer said, Carpenter's wives, damn, she's out. Yeah. Boom. boom. Yeah, she was standing by the side of the road, <laughs> rain falling at her shoe, and then she was out. Yeah. Um, my kids, by the way, there was a little Dylan with my kids. They, they, they thought that uh, for, for a long time when they were little, they knew that Reuben Hurricane Carter did not really kill that guy <laughs> in Patterson, New Jersey. They knew that long before Reuben Hurricane Carter beat up the caseworker he fell in <laughs> right. love with after he was released. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well they, that, that's how they learn. That's right. <laughs> um, when I, but what I, what I was going to say is when I played her, um, I, I played her Tangled Up in Blue yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was, and when it was done, she actually listened to the whole thing, and she said more, and I was so excited, I couldn't believe it. I was, it was a total breakthrough because it wasn't like you know one of her like uh, backyardigans or one of those kind of things, and um, which she does do occasionally. And so I was so excited. I played again. And I started singing along to it. I was like really like yeah. you know singing along to it. And she goes, "No, no sing, yeah, no sing, no daddy. sing." That's yeah. that's a seminal moment. So for it totally all of brought us. me down from my that that is something to be careful. As as much as we say, you know, you want your kids to listen to good music, they get into ruts and they can make good music bad music. You know, if you listen, they'll want to listen to whatever right. the song is. You know, we listen, we listen to fifty four forty six was my number by Toots and the Mytals a lot. Right. So now. I kind of almost can't listen to it anymore. It, yeah, I had to take about you know it's like you. I had to take I had to take about sixteen years off, and now I can listen to it. <laughs> so. She got in. She actually made me appreciate early Beatles because I I bought the box set, but I never really listened to the first like the very early stuff. But she really made me like because she really liked she liked Love Me Do. Like yeah. I was never into Love Me Do, but she really liked Love Me Do. I have so a question I was like, about that's that. That's a great song, Love Me Do. It is. And I so want to hold your hand. That's great. And eight days a week. And let me ask you. And I have a question about that. Do you Those think guys are good. They were. They're going to be somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we evolved like, like that pop music's evolution went from like more childish to more sophisticated? You know what I mean? Like you see how the Beatles evolved like and, and sort of the, you know, the taste of the musical audience grew with them. And I kind of think it, it happens that way. That You start with something bouncier and janglier and then you kind of you, – then you can get into your Wilco's as, as you Thank move. Thank you. Uh, as you, you move get artier. So yes. you're, you're saying people just generally progress. Yeah. The, not, not pop music progresses so much. Well, I just wonder if pop music – if pop music – Because have you heard the Black Eyed Peas? Yes. Or LMFAO? So, so they didn't really evolve. Well, there's a song – have you heard the song Shots by LMFAO? Can't say. It goes shots, 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 shots. That's the song? That's the whole song. <laughs> what about moves? It's like number one. <laughs> what about I Got Moves Like Jagger? I heard that song. Uh, Is that a song? That's a song. Yeah. These are all songs. Mm. Teenage dreams. Some, I mean, pa- some parents. So I blame the parents. But Somebody's not doing the job. I don't know. That shots is a great song. Is shots a good song? Yeah. That Jagger song not so great. Isn't it? Oh man! Turned it take, around. Take a stand, my yeah. friend. Take a stand. <laughs> the presetists would know what to do with that. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. We know that yeah. this guy was killed. Wait by, a minute. What this guy was killed to? by a terrible hack. It's all. It's all oh my God. FAO. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, and Toots and the Maytals. This is so confusing. No, but oh, this guy's okay. a genius. But it is fun to go to concerts with your kids, even when they hate you. Like even when like they really don't want to be you. They want it. They, you know, they're teenagers. They don't want to be near you. And yet they. And by the way, if you if you dance or jiggle even slightly, they will go and stand somewhere else away from you. Have you? So you've had one of the first time you because I you, first you, I know you're close with your sons, and so you uh, and you've taught them a lot about music. Was there a time when your one of your kids literally was like pulled one of those teenage like dad get yep. you know stand back there by the pretzels yeah I'm gonna move up here are uh, they selling pretzels by the way <laughs> at these shows <laughs> at the I'll rock t- shows I'll tell you, you know it was a cool thing one I need of, a pretzel one of the first shows we went to was Fountains of Wayne at the Wiltern and those guys I just think I I love them I know they're poppy and everything but I I think their lyrics are great and hey no apologies here I'm uh, okay okay. You didn't apologize for LMFAO, so all right. No, I, I didn't. I don't know those. Proud guys. of it. Okay. Yeah. What the, what, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> right. hey. So, so they they actually we were, we were headed up to the balcony, and someone said, "Oh no, they like when kids are down in like at the front of the stage. So if your kids want to come down, so and you can come too." So my kids they went to the very front row, but now I was like, "I'm not standing up there with them." So they were like <laughs> up there in the pit, and now Leo has taken my oldest son. My oldest son is. My, he's not my oldest. He's my but second he, oldest. So he was cool. Oh, you didn't go down there with him. I, I stayed in the back. I hung but, back. But you stayed in the back on your own. Yeah, and what, he he was up there in the front. Doing was there? Has there? Have you ever been to a show or they like? Have you escorted them with a date or anything? Or have it? 
Or have uh, they always I, just kind of been like, yeah, it's cool that uh, dad's here? They, at, uh, they go different places. Like we went to the Hold Steady and they went to the front. And that's just too loud. I can't. Sure. You don't so, bring the air. You're not the dad with the earplugs? I, I had them. I don't have the oh. – I, I don't put them in. You didn't have the I don't, industrial I, strength? I just look like such a tool. I can't do it. But but I'm sorry I didn't sometimes. I, I did I, – you know what? I put them in at Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears because it was so dark at where I was standing that no one could see my ears. <laughs> and no one was really looking. No one's really looking in Lou Schneider's ears to see, hey, this guy isn't really listening to the full effect of Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Yeah. So they don't, they don't grade. Hey, Grandpa. Yeah, they don't grade for that. But you know what? The, the, the cool thing is when your kids, even though they hate you, have to admit that the music is pretty good. I love that so much. They're like, you know – I disagree with everything you believe in except for these bands are – you were right about all these bands. Which like is pretty, who? Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Yes. Um, these guys actually – J.C. Yes. Brooks, they kind of remind me of Sharon Jones. Absolutely. They, they, have that, they have that, as I like to say, the analog sound in a digital world. They, exactly. You know, they sound like they were recorded in some yeah. chess record studio or something. You know, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Well, I haven't I ever heard of these guys? Right. Oh, I haven't, right. They haven't they been around? Last week? Yes. Yeah. Haven't they been around since yeah. 1972? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I really love that. that um, Do you want my computer? You can just take it all home. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 it's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad I did Every the show. Every guest gets my computer. I bring. I have a bunch of my computers <laughs> in my car. Just take it. <laughs> but when your kids, when your kids, uh, when your kids, also it's cool when your kids t- turn you on to somebody good. You're like, uh, like my kid, like one. My youngest son likes Mayor Hawthorne. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, you like that sound? That's that sort of funky. I like, you know. I like bass lines and yeah. those sort of you know Booker T type guitars, and that's that's what I like. And they know when you mm-hmm. and you. I like that you were saying that you because you're saying BB King mm-hmm. was one of your idols, right? Yeah, I mean we have the same life. I mean you know. Yeah, born yeah. in Mississippi. Yes, me and Clarence Carter. It's exactly the same because I was blind for a long, long time. <laughs> they call me back, and they call you back to our Santa. <laughs> I wouldn't let my kids listen to Stroke It. That was their, like, hey, you can listen to Patches, but this Stroke It song is not the uh, kind of song I'm happy about. When I first isn't heard that the song Stroke It? Is that stroke it? it by Clarence Carter? Yeah, isn't that a song? I, my favorite, I just like Black, uh, Backdoor Santa. <laughs> Have you heard that one? No. Backdoor Santa, Backdoor Santa, I heard it and I was like, oh, that's funny. Santa's coming in the back. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. minute. Yes. Wait a minute, Santa. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. Leave those cookies alone, sir. Sir. St. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I do – no, but when your kids – when your kids – if you can at least agree on music, there's – as long – you know, as a parent, you're just looking for something that keeps the lines of communication open. And right. music can keep the lines of communication open. And when you're – when do you find that – like the Hold Steady, for example, mm-hmm. was that something that you – No, that was brought to me – you know, we all have these – if you know if you're busy with your lives, some people are able to ignore their families more than others and just <laughs> stay with the music scene. And I call those people like my spirit guides. You know, I have a couple of, of well, there are a few. I'm some notables. I'm sure you're gonna hear these names over and over again as you do the podcast. Sure, Eddie Gordetsky is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Wilde is one of those guys. He these knows, are people giving you new music and and things. Jay Weinman, my friend Jay Weinman, always knows. Like he'll just show up at my house randomly with, you know, he's like, this is a song inspired by. You wanted music for a, about basketball or anything from that era, like 1970. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I called it Doctor J mix, and it's just like a bunch of 70s funk Don Covey mm-hmm. cuts. You know, like it doesn't have to be that, but but it's all he he's up on every band. He he gave me he, he he's the one I think who told me about a JC as well. I think he mentioned it. He's the first person to give me the Alabama Shakes. He's the first mm. person to give me Airborne Toxic Event. Not that these are the same kind of bands, but Ike Riley right. assassination. All these things come from Jay, and then I put them aside for a while. Black Keys, you know, before like you know when there was only one key and then all of a sudden there are two black keys and he's like I told you all about these guys hold steady definitely that was Jay and so he's my spirit guide he tells me who to like and then valuable, valuable and I, sometimes friend. I like him sometimes I don't like but he was Fountains of Wayne too I mean he's a lot of guys that uh, and your son and when you do your sons I, I would think it's almost it's almost risky trying to show your kids new music because they could easily throw it back at like Right. You're lame. Right. I, I sometimes have to wait for them to say. Right. Give you the thumbs I have it. up. And then, and then cool things you go, oh, it's on my computer right now. Right. I would think that would be the better way. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, you have that album. Uh, you know what's fun? Because you, you're going to have to deal with this with your kids. You have to deal with the iTunes allowance. You know, they want to buy music and it's very easy to steal from you because you're busy. So they could just steal – if you have an iTunes account, they can steal from you. But 
you know, you get that thing that says, hey, you just spent, you know, whatever on an, on these iTunes purchases. And you look and you say, hey, you can't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But what they now have to do is they have to they have to promo and tease the music. Dad, have you ever heard of, uh, you know, hey, you have, did you get the new Holtz? How about the National, Dad? you like the National? I'm like, oh, this National, hmm. And then they go, oh, let's play it. And then they hope that you'll go, you know, this is awesome. I'll buy it right now. And then they can share it. But if so, I kind of like let them twist a little. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. And they're like, you don't want to buy it? I'm like, mm, not right now. No, not right now. And then of course I'll, you know, then I spoil them and say, yeah, I think I'm gonna get that out. Yeah, like, they're all into it. Cool. Hi, Violet. Great, we got it. Cool, Dad. That was the old album. Well, I'm not cool, Dad. Lou. I'm, I'm hanging on for dear life. I didn't go to Coachella this year with my kid because I just couldn't. Bear have you it. have you guys been to Coachella together? We have. We went all. Oh, really? Yeah, I went with all three kids. We got so high. Um, <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't, people. No, we did not. I mean, I did not. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what my kids did. I did. I did know. They just seemed like they weren't high. Right. Well, sometimes when you're shrooming, you don't seem high. That's true. <laughs> oh, God. So maybe they're just shrooming. They're not. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're it's doing. It's really easy I to try fake not. like you're not shrooming. It's not. <laughs> I wouldn't know, Matt. I wouldn't know how it is. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I'm just glad I'm not there. I just look. They're not driving. They're shuttling, and they can shuttle all over. But I'm fascinated by this idea. It just seems like you must have an amazing relationship with them because if you're at Coachella and they're like, "Oh, Dad, let's go to the uh, tent and see," you know, I don't go in that tent. I won't go in there. But I will go. Like, but but we saw Deer Tick down there. That was like the first band we all saw. The Avid Brothers. That was like. Hey, we all like the same band. Wow. That was great. And we all were a little bit bored by Phoenix. This is a couple of years ago. You know, they speak two languages. They, See, can, bore, they can bore you in two languages. If, if my daughter is coming to me and if I'm at Coachella with my daughter or mm-hmm. any concert in 15 years or whatever and she's like, oh, come on, dad. Don't you hate Phoenix too? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I would agree I'll with them. I'll be so happy. Stuff. Yes. I'll be thrilled. Yes. We, she's not like, oh, Phoenix, dad, do me a favor. Back over there. Yeah. By the pretzel guy. Well, one of my sons is I'm so big. I'm always by the pretzel guy. I know. Well, I am back by the pretzel guy because I'm little. But my son, Leo, is very tall. He's 6'4", and he's big. And he's the – all right. I'm, it's, we're on, we're on, we can say whatever we want on the radio, right? It's on the computer. Well. He's the dick who can dance himself. <laughs> you can bleep that. He, he is one of those dudes who like – he was taking – because he was short on money. He was taking $5 from kids to dance them to the front. Like he's one of those guys who can kind of like dance and move and jostle his way to the front. Oh, he was partying the, partying he was, the group? He was the ferry. The yeah. He was the, wow. he was the, Mos- he was the obnoxious Moses. Really? <laughs> Which, yeah. And I was like, Leo, don't do that. Do not take money and also don't do it. How about was don't you do it? Was he offering to take money or was no, he – No, some kid would say, Leo, I'll give you five bucks if you can get me to the front of the stage. Wow. Like, okay. And then he would dance and he's – you know, he looked, hilarious. He looked young enough that he didn't get his face punched in. Now let's see. This year he's bigger and let's see you know, whether dudes just be like you – know, beat the crap out of him. I wouldn't necessarily take that. That is hilarious. That. But when I saw what he was doing, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm getting people to the front. Oh, do you ever do God. that at a restaurant? Do you pay him money to like get you to the front? But by the way, the closest I ever sat at a concert was the second row. And the re- well, I've been at some clubs. I've been in the front row. But but at an actual concert, I went to Bob Marley and the Whalers in the Philadelphia Civic Center on the fr- survival tour. Nineteen <clears throat> fall of nineteen seventy nine. We walk into the place. The, the marquee said CPA exam, and then under that reggae show. <laughs> we did not have to sit for the CPA exam. The CPA Wait, exam. When was, was the, this? This is nineteen seventy nine. Wow. I was a freshman. Uh, we went in, and they just had a huge like mountain of chairs and we're and the guy who let we were in we were very early and the guy goes you just set up your chairs wherever you want them mm-hmm. so if you're setting up your chair you're row one as far as i'm concerned yeah and yet i did not have the like concert like <laughs> like you know territorial fight in me to like when someone set up in front of me even right i i just i just pulled my chair a little bit backwards it's fine no one sat down at that concert it was pretty crazy betty wright cleanup woman open for that Open for that show. <laughs> remember her? I do not remember Betty Wright. Betty Wright's a soul act. I'm trying to get good on the on the show about n- not doing what I do in real life, which is just acting like I know. You know? Uh, you're, you're getting pretty good. You because, didn't pretend then, and I love you Because I'll more. get caught easily. But in real life, not Oh, I got life. caught. I already got caught on LMFAO and also shot. Well, I don't know that No, but you didn't say – no, I'm saying but you didn't go. Like if you would have – you know, like outside of this, if, I used to do a lot of like, oh, have you ever uh, – oh, you've seen a uh, – You've seen uh, all of Deadwood. <laughs> like that's a good example. Yeah, no, I've never oh, you've seen, seen Deadwood. One second. And I'll be and I'll be like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, I love Deadwood. Uh, the out west, uh, 
They say fuck a lot. <laughs> and then I don't, but then I have never seen it. But yeah. like, but here, so I'm, I'm trying to be really honest about like, oh, Betty Wright? Nope. That's better. It's way better because what, what does that buy you? If I go Betty Wright and you're like, oh, yeah, don't you love when she's like, mama told me not to come or whatever. She doesn't do that song. I know, she doesn't right. do that song, but I'm saying that's my point. But you're, but, but you're right. But anytime you have to cover. I'm being honest here. I'm I know, okay. and I'm, I'm thrilled. This is my safe place. <laughs> I'm thrilled that you, I'm you consider it such. Mm-hmm. The problem is when, you, when you, you're too general with the thing you agree about. My problem is that I usually have one specific, and it's too specific, and then the person thinks I'm an expert. <laughs> right. You know, they exactly. like, you know, like, you know, oh, yeah, you like, uh, you like Lou Reed? Yeah, hemophiliac. You're like, how did you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and they're like, do you like that album? I'm like, I didn't know it was an album. I thought he was a hemophiliac. <laughs> Never mind. I, I'm caught. I'm busted. I didn't run away. By the way, Lou, Lou Reed, people, is not a hemophiliac. He's not? Oh, man. That's the best of my I knowledge. just tweeted it. <laughs> no, no, don't. All right. I'm going to have to erase don't. that. What? The, oh, can I, the one thing, the one talk about bonding with your kids, yeah. uh, this, and this will. I don't have to belabor the point. Yeah. Um, I look down at we're at Coachella and King Con and the Shrines is playing, and I don't know anything about King Con and the Shrines except that Jay Wyman told me I should like them, and it's just this crazy guy. And sometimes on stage he'll push his penis between his legs and pretend he has a vagina. Which which musician? What great musician doesn't do that? Sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, he encouraged the audience to start burning dollar bills, and I looked down at my kid who doesn't really have any dollar bills. Marty might, like ha- is very careful with money. He's like you know. He, and then he, there he was. He still carries around his dollar bill that he burned, the half of dollar that he has left that he burned to King Con in the shrines. Oh, really? <laughs> That's great. And we we all stood there and were disappointed when Sly of Sly and the Family Stone didn't come out. And then when he did come out, he played an iPod that he held up to a, a microphone. But we didn't. We were not there for that. You were not there for that show. We just watched it on the internet days oh, okay. later. Okay. So I was going to say that. That's an iconic oh. moment. So depressing. I thought you and your kids saw that. I was like, wow, that's the that top. would kill it. Yeah, that was like, that's it. We're done. But we are done. This is it. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up right here. See how I did that? Mm-hmm. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Mm, it was good. I came to <laughs> <I'm not> gonna, <laughs> As long as we're being truthful, <laughs> it wasn't good. Lou, I'm so glad 16 years later. I'm so glad our relationship I, has really moved forward. And in 16 more years, think of, think of the growth. Let's do this again in 2028. Let's. Uh, thanks, Lou. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me in the whale cave. Of course. Lou Schneider. Bye, everybody. Lou Schneider, folks. Lou Schneider. That, I mean, that song wasn't Lou Schneider. <laughs> he was just talking. Uh, that song, that was another song by J.C. Brooks in the Uptown Sound. That was called Sister Ray Charles. Love that band. They're so good. Out of Chi-Town. And I'm from Chicago, the Chicago area, so... But I'm not biased. I mean, I am a little. But I would love them if I was from Denver. Or um, Colorado Springs. If I was from anywhere in Colorado, I'd love them. Um, Lou talked a lot about how he I, – I love how he's influential on his kids' music and I, I, I'm trying to be that way too. My folks – my mom played a lot of music but it wasn't – I wouldn't say it influenced me too much. She played a lot of the – you know, a lot of the AM radio, a lot of the – there was a lot of James Taylor happening. Uh, I remember that. There's a lot of Carly Simon and I haven't listened to You're So Vain a lot lately. I have no idea why uh, but it, that's, a, that's, a, that's the jam. Right there, here's so vain. Um, my dad never ever played me music, although he did take me to um, to see Dune once, and it was horrible. Not a good movie. Sandworms, though, those are cool. <laughs> How's about them sandworms? Okay, uh, we're gonna bring our next guest. You may have heard her her lovely laugh. Uh, she's she. I met her. Uh, it must have been like seven years ago. Maybe. Might have been more. More? Let me blow your mind with that. Eight? Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's call it eight. I'm calling it eight. At the Sketch Fest in San Francisco. Which Might have been nine. She calls, oh, stop it. Less than a decade. I know this decade. isn't an auction. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do I hear ten? No. No. Under no circumstances. Okay. So somewhere between seven and nine years ago, we met at Sketch Fest in San Francisco, uh, a festival which she co-founded. And um, she's been... Uh, she then shortly after moved to L.A. I'm giving – I'm her Wikipedia today. Uh, <laughs> she moved to L.A., uh, been on many TV shows, films, 
She's currently the voice of Cora on The Legend of Cora, and she uh, hosts a podcast called The JV Club on the Nerdist Network. If you haven't guessed it, it's Janet Varney <laughs> on Whale Cave. I like how angry you started sounding at I a certain did? point. Did I? I was, I was trying was to be like... Fast talking. Yeah. Sometimes that gets misconstrued as anger. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did I? Okay, well, I, I kind of. On the other hand, I kind of liked that. I sounded angry. No, it was good. Yeah. It was good. I rise people up. I'm going to say very quickly, and I'm going to describe something that is not particularly describable and terrible for radio, but I do think it's interesting that the thing that I remember about you and meeting you that first year at Sketchfest was music related because you were doing m- some music bits with yep. Sketch do- with Jason Nash. Yes. And you, I, st- I still bring it up after all these seven, eight, nine years mm. uh, that you were singing. You just did a very sincere, very sweet version of Girl from Ipanema. Yeah, yeah. That's just you singing utter nonsense. My Portuguese nonsense. Just Portuguese nonsense. Yeah. So simple, but so hilarious. Oh, thank you. I thought I thought for some reason I you saw me do my version of Patience by Guns N' Roses. No, I've never seen that. Which I it's also very sincere and it's not nonsense. Well, no, it's, it isn't. It's actually sad. I get really into it. Yeah. Do you yeah. whistle? Yeah, I do. <whistles> that whole thing. I won't do the whole thing now. It's beautiful. I love any songs with whistling. You must like Andrew Bird. I love Andrew Bird. Right? Yeah. Right. How many times have you seen him live? I've never seen Andrew Bird live. You must see him live. Is he playing? Tonight? You shouldn't be able to do this podcast without having a. Seen Should him I live. stop doing the podcast? I would. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Or good morning. Whatever, <laughs> whatever time <laughs> really you're listening. Really up to you. Yeah. Really up to you. Good afternoon. Uh, well, yeah. we were going to talk about concerts, oh, right? Andrew Bird. Yeah. You said you. Um, we were talking, and you you you've seen a bunch of shows, and I love. I said earlier on the show, not on this show, but on the in the series. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I like talking about how important it is for me to see shows now. Yeah, I mean it's always been, but now I feel like just my evenings are a little bit more precious. So I really seek out the, the shows whenever I can. Yeah, but you've been going. You you sent me a list of shows. You know, some shows you've seen, and it seems like you've been going since you were. Yeah, I used to be young, better and about cool it. shows too. Like you saw some cool shows when you were very young, which I've was really impressive. Cr- I, when I look back on some of the stuff I went and saw when I was in high school, I'm amazed. And I, I don't, I, I really don't have this. I mean, listen, you're, I'm, there are going to be people who say this. There will be other people that say this other than me, so we won't dwell on it. I am disappointed in myself that I don't get out to shows more often, considering how much I used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm disappointed that the reason is that it hurts my back to stand. Oh, really? Uh, I'm disappointed that I I wear earplugs now at pretty much every show, and they're fluorescent orange. I know Lou was talking about that. Um, <laughs> I have hair to cover them, but sometimes I have my hair in a ponytail, and I still wear really bright embarrassing earplugs like i'm an old lady is what i'm saying can you hear this because i've never worn earplugs at a show Mm -hmm. i always just tough it out probably to the detriment of my future hearing yeah but do you can you hear the show yeah you can i mean obviously it's not doesn't block out entirely yeah it just cuts out it just cuts out a level of the sound i've never i mean i guess if you really jam it in there you might not hear as well but (laughs) the idea is that you're not putting you're putting it in there gently enough that you're kind of cutting through a little bit of the the, the, the harmful noise and you're still not pushing it, it through to your no. your nasal cavity. You're not threading it through right. your nasal cavity all the way. The longest earplug. Yeah, yeah, goes from ear to ear. They are too long though. Sometimes I have to break them in half. I wouldn't have pegged you as an earplug where. Well, my dad is. My dad was a drummer. He was a. Mm. He's a drummer, and um, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, and he <laughs> lost a lot of. <laughs> finally, no, no, after all thirty seconds of you being, oh, finally we get to the bottom Jeez. of all of this. The earplug thing. Uh, yeah, he lost. He lost a lot of his hearing, so he, he kind did. of drilled into me that I should wear earplugs, and uh, I've always been pretty good about it. Did he yell at you because he couldn't really hear what he was saying about the earplugs? Was he like, "Where are the earplugs"? I mean, he was—he just would yell. What kind of what kind of band was he in? He was in um, it was like a rock and roll band, man. Wow! He kind of put himself through college with being in this band that would play at frat parties, and he was kind of like big man on campus. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my dad was hot shit. Really? Yeah, he was. Did he play after college? Uh, he played a little bit after college, and then now I'm like now he'll like 
just play. He's got his drum set up at home, and really? he's got these huge clip speakers that are like five feet high or something. They're not five feet high. <laughs> I'm gonna say, but you know what? I'll say four feet high. They're big. They're really big speakers. And, uh, and is he Tommy Lee? And he's Tommy Lee. Wow. Uh, he's got a swing in there. That's I don't know amazing. what that's for, but it's a rotating kit uh, in the yeah, basement. Yeah. No, he's he's he'll throw on some some music and just jam out on the drums. Oh, do you ever? Because I know I've heard you play a little guitar and sing. Yeah, and I don't mean a little guitar. I just mean <laughs> ukulele. I've, yeah, <laughs> but I mean I've heard you play guitar and sing. Yeah, have you ever jammed? <laughs> I've never you? jammed with my dad. I uh, I like playing his drum set when I get when I can oh. when I get home. I'm not very good, but I really like it. But you you can play a little bit. I can play a little yeah. bit. I've got you know what I have certain. You can do a fill. I have I can do a fill. I have certain songs that I played that my dad taught me how to play drums on when I was in high school and they remain the songs that I like to play drums to whether or not they're like I'm sure I mean you know most songs are most songs in terms of like there aren't that many complicated like I wouldn't put I wouldn't subject myself to really complicated songs now just because I'm an older person but uh, those tried and true classics that I learned are the ones that I still like playing to one of them is a midnight oil song Oh, and the other one Bed is burning? Uh, no. It's a I can't remember what the name of it is. It's on that. It's on actually the second album. My dad was a big Midnight, Midnight Oil fan. Really? Yeah. And uh, and 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 uh, did he for take some you to reason Fortune? He didn't. Oh. He didn't. Okay, because mine did. I know. I'm just saying. I know. I'm still smarting from that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But uh, and the other one, in- interestingly <laughs> enough, because uh, Sting was in Dune, as we talked about uh, ah. before we started recording, um, s- the Fortress Around Your Heart is the oh, other song that I like I playing drums song. to. Really? It's really fun to play drums to. It is? That's- I don't know why. It has something to do with the cymbals. There's like the fact that the way that uh, – I'm a- totally about to geek out drum-wise. No. The way that Omar Hakim – Oh. Like where he hits the drum cymbals in that song for some reason is like easy to follow as a as a novice drummer. Can I tell you something? I my the first show I ever saw by myself or I mean with without parental supervision. So basically the basically not the Beach Boys show. Right, my, right. I went to with my mom and the guy that stayed in our basement that showed animals around schools and stuff, which is a whole other story. Oh. Different story. But, um, different podcast. Different, but Yeah, that's my uh, <laughs> weird people who lived in my basement <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was Sting, and I saw Sting a few times in high school. And Me too. Every time he would go, you know, he'd go around, as you know, and so whenever I hear Omar Hakim, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh yeah, and he would just do his, you know, 30 second. Yeah. Whatever, but he's a badass. Few people can just reference Omar Hakim. Well, you know, it's because outside of the Hakim family, it's because <laughs> it's because of my dad's my dad's drumming and his love of drummers, and uh, and so I can have a very short but impassioned conversation about Stuart Copeland and Omar Hakim, and like how <laughs> you have to be a really great drummer to follow Stuart Copeland if you're going to be playing yes. with with Sting because his expectations are going to be super high because he's like the most amazing drummer ever. Yeah, some that- people say Mickey Hart. I don't know if I agree with that. No. <laughs> That's awesome, Omar Hakim. Guys, <laughs> I remember he'd be like Omar Hakim. I remember Kenny Kirkland. I know we were at Branford Marcellus. Of course, yeah. We remember this this band that he put together. Did you ever see Bring On the Night? The documentary. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that documentary. Yeah, yeah you know amazing. my favorite song on that concert album that you can't hear anywhere else Ooh. except Brimstone and Trachel is "I Burn for You." Yes, right. Yes, classic. Now that I have found yeah. you. On the cool of your evening star. Yeah. And the shade. <laughs> we can go Let's on. Keep going. And your the shade love. of your parasol. I love that. So good. Your love flows through me. I just realized that he sings "And the shade of your parasol," and is we still think is? he's a badass. Yeah. He is. That was a song I'd be like, I'm putting this on a mix. Oh. No one yeah. else has it. I know. No Same. one else has it. Same. She'll go out with me. I would have busted that Didn't if we had been doing Holodisc in in mm. uh, high school. You and I would have been like Holodisc soulmates. Yeah, wait a minute. We would have put the I have I burned for you. I yeah, know. it would have been that situation. Yeah, Hilarious. all those B sides. <laughs> and then also, and then his the Sting Unplugged CDs also. Yeah. Oh, I guess you do need to explain what Holodisc. I was is. just gonna say we we actually talked about Holodisc before, but just to to uh, <laughs> for new listeners, uh, <laughs> Holodisc is a party I, I have thrown that Janet Barney has made some amazing. Uh, CDs at well. where you may, uh, well please Thank sir um, but you uh, you make a mix CD songs you like uh, ideally because songs you don't like <laughs> lame CD 
Uh, and then you make 10 copies. You bring those 10 copies to the party and then you leave with other copies, you know, 10 copies of other people's CDs. It sounds like a pyramid scheme, it's but it really works. And I have you sign up uh, to uh, see if you want to buy some property in Florida. Uh-huh. That's where the pyramid scheme really kicks in. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Anyways, but yeah, we would have put that on there. Mm-hmm. I may have another one just to do that. But then, they, but then, what I was saying about the before holodisc was this: this thing unplugged. Uh, they issued like three different CDs that had like three tracks from when he did the unplugged, and that's when he had Vinks play drums. Remember Vinks? Vinks? He was all like bongo guy. <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about Vinks before on the show. I forgot all about him until he just popped out of my mouth. Can right I tell now. you my Vink story? Because Vink yes. was, a, was a joke that we had in college for three years, literally. Let me just say, before knowing what the story is, Vink sounds like a punchline in the same way that Zima sounds like <laughs> a punchline. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Vink's, we, we, okay, so my friends, did I tell the story? My, my friends, um, my friend Andy and I saw Sting. It was, we, <laughs> we would, See Sting. That was like our thing. We like, we love we love seeing Sting. You wouldn't see you okay. wouldn't even see each other unless you no, were seeing Sting. No. It was like Sting next year, you got it. <laughs> so uh, Russians hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Um so we went to uh there's a venue in Wisconsin called Alpine Valley. It's an outdoor venue, it's really pretty. Uh there was a, a show with uh Sting was the headliner. Don Henley played before Sting. Susanna Hoffs played before Don Henley. You know. And then before that, Sting came out and he inter- and he said, we welcomed everybody to the show. And he said, uh, I'm gonna, I don't do a good British accent at all, but he said, uh, before we begin the show, I want to bring someone out. He's my backup singer. He plays percussion. He's the greatest singer in all of England. Vinks! <laughs> and he just, but, but he kept, and then he, you know... <laughs> He he was so hyperbolic about the whole thing that throughout college, my friend and I would be like, "It is not breakfast, it is not lunch, it is Vinks." Like with anything, just whatever was happening. He loved Vinks. He loved Vinks. I so saw much. that tour too. Did Vinks sing on it? Yeah, for sure. And he was pretty good. Like yeah. I remember us, we were like, "Huh, okay." Well, but it was amazing that Sting yeah. loved he Vinks. Loved I was like, "Really, him. you love?" He Vinks? loved him. He maybe he loved him because their names sound weirdly similar. But the monosyllabic um, names. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna loan you a couple of because they, I will say this. <laughs> I like how you're you were thinking like, "May I'll give it to you?" No, <laughs> no, no, not no. these gems. No, not these I'll priceless loan it to CDs. Him. Not these compact discs. Um, I'm gonna give loan. <laughs> loan. I don't know what I was gonna do. Maybe just copy them it's for okay. you but then it's i wanted right. you to see the actual pictures because they're real 90s but um he's saying he's saying on on the on the unplugged show that they did he he does he does sing a lot they kind of duet with each other on like tea in the sahara and message in a oh, bottle yeah. and um tea in the sahara. all i remember is that i can't remember which song it is <laughs> but i remember Thanks. that at the very end he goes like they're like singing opposite each other they go like do 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 and then Vinks goes do 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 and then Sting goes do 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 and Vinks goes doop doop do it sounds like Bobby McFerrin and then you're like oh you pushed it too far yeah you can see he's getting in a field of gold territory yeah. soon yeah. you're like yeah okay yep. oh, you lost me Sting yeah. did it make you sad when Sting turned and kind of went into that more adult contemporary yeah. I mean I don't know. It feels like it was a kind of a organic transformation. Yeah. Like it sort of seems like each thing progressing towards that kind of made sense. Yeah. And and I think time-wise it kind of made sense for me too because it was sort of like I was outgrowing him anyway. Not yeah. to say I've ever really outgrown him. I still love – I mean I love the police. The police are just genius. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of like what you're passionate about and I'm always, I'm always so interested in – People who who stay fans of great ba- both great bands and maybe for me not so great um, 
artists like you know how you have people that are a phase for you but for someone else it's a lifetime yes. and vice versa like i have someone i'll love forever and mm-hmm. somebody else will be like oh my god i was so into them for a year and it's i'm always so intrigued by like what sustains for some people and what doesn't for others like the smiths for me was a phase as much as i appreciate them and i like them right but you know like my friend april richardson is will love morrissey until the day she dies yeah. and i totally get it kirkman jen kirkman too like yeah whenever i hear the smiths now I just think of yeah. Jen Kirkman. She she claimed him. Well, yeah. Except they're now called Jen April, Kirkman's the Smith. I can't, that's April Richardson would never stand for what you just said. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, and like Tor, like Tori Amos, like is someone out there loving Tori Amos past the age of being a sixteen-year-old girl? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I loved her for those couple of yeah. years that she was real important to me. She was a cornflake girl. And then I was girl. like, totally done. Yeah. Yeah, she was a cornflake girl. I went through my 10,000 maniacs phase. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. yeah. I, you must have done that for me because I never really did. Oh, no? I, I, I think I did that. I was a Natalie Merchant fan. The woman I was dating in college loved In My Tribe. Of course she And, did. you know... It, you're of not, course yeah. She did. And it was a very, yeah, it was a very cliche thing. And yeah. we were in Ann Arbor, and it was beautiful springtime. And it was like, ooh, okay, I like like the weather. And she has a great voice, Natalie Merchant. I didn't like it for a long time. Now I kind of do. It's I, like black licorice. <laughs> I didn't like it, and then I just started yeah. to embrace it. Now I now I, I look like forward it. to it. I do not like it. Don't like the smell. Yeah, um, we're still talking about licorice, not her voice, right? Um, You're not one of those people who accidentally smells colors and stuff. <laughs> I no, no well, I now that you mentioned Natalie Merchant's breath is horrible too. I was sitting. I'm, I was sitting while. Uh, I'm just ignoring that. I was sitting while you were. <laughs> Why, do you uh, know her? Are you? We were talking. Defend you. And I and and to be honest with you, I didn't know what you were talking about when I first came in because I was late. So I spaced out for a second. And I was challenging myself to try to remember all the concerts I've been to, and there's no way I could even do it. Remember all the concerts? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. But lots of people maybe don't go to as many concerts. Most of the concerts I went to were in like within a you know like a seven year period or something where I just saw everything. You what you what do you think your what do you think that was? High school, yeah, college, high school, high school, college, hmm. m- middle to end of high school, and then beginning of college. I want to say I've seen more shows since I moved to LA than I've seen in my life. You no, know, you're smart to take those opportunities. I just was I am so. Smart. I just saw – I'm so glad for some of the stuff I saw, like seeing the sugar cubes in like a hotel ballroom be- yeah. before they even opened for you two because I know they went out and opened for you too, but mm-hmm. this was before that. So this was just like the tiniest little room where suddenly Bjork's there and you're like, what is going on with this? So let me ask you about that. Yeah. So you're in high school mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. When I'm in high school, <clears throat> I'm just like, oh, the wall – yeah. That's a cool – I mean, the, I mean the wall was out you know for what? many, for many, me, many years. I didn't get to the wall until college and mm-hmm. a, a bunch of other weirder stuff was high school. That's so interesting. Those kids to me were way cooler. Like the kids – I'm thinking of a kid named Tim Herbert who was like, oh, yeah, like he knew about – Oh, yeah, I know Tim. <laughs> I saw him at the sugar <laughs> we cubes. We all know each other. Yeah. yeah. Those are the cubes. Yeah. Uh, but he knew about – you were talking about Elvis Costello earlier and it was like, yeah, he knew about Elvis Costello. I had no idea when I was 14, See, 15 who Elvis Costello was. But you were – how did you – so how did you I get there? I, how did you, I didn't – but I wasn't that into Elvis Costello when I was that age. I, I, I think I would have thought he was a square – at that, See, that age, that just somehow. elevated you to another level. It doesn't it's weird? But like I, but like I went through when I went through the my kind of goth phase. Then I was seeing some weird shit too, like ministry. I saw ministry. Course, I saw yeah. skinny puppy. I saw my life with a thrill kill cult. Wow. Like people that don't ever need to be seen live. I saw. So you in high school you were you went. <laughs> that's true. A ministry show. Like no I never point. understood why they went on tour. Unnecessary. Just the merch. The merch and just yeah, just being real yeah. messed up around a bunch of other teenagers. Who yeah, are messed up, just poorly influencing. Yeah, it, very yep. influenced. <laughs> yep. Yeah, easily impression. Yeah. Um, so you, I understand that if you were goth, I get that thing because that's so tied to music. I think. Yeah, yeah. I was. We were going to like an all ages club when I was thirteen, mm-hmm. and and it, it was all it was all like Cure and Morrissey and In Arizona and Skinny Puppy and yeah and Tucson. A lot of drugs, a lot of, I mean, totally unsupervised. Like, how did that even exist? How could a 13-year-old go mingle with, like, a 25-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. That's not right. Before the internet, at least. But it was super fun, yeah. But it was super fun, and I did see, 
a ton of shows, yeah. And but like, but you know, right around that same time, I was like, it seemed like you could be into more, even as a goth, because like no one thought twice to go. Like we went and saw the Cranberries and the Sundays and mm-hmm. all those other like wispy girl bands too. Right. Even though we were seeing Skinny Puppy, and Mazzy stuff. Star. I didn't see Mazzy Star, but that would have made the list. But then I also went and saw the Pixies, so there was like you could just be into whatever. Yeah. And you said your dad took you to shows, but that's a different time. Is that the same time? My dad took me to shows when I was little. I'm trying to think if there was any. My, I think by the time I was seeing shows, maybe my. I, oh, you know, we did see Peter Gabriel together. That's about right, isn't it? Seeing your Peter Gabriel with your dad. That's about right when you're yeah. in high school. I don't think he went and saw Sting with me. Um, the first show that he took me to was Paul Revere and the Raiders at the San Diego Wild <laughs> Animal Park. Um, and then he took me to see Huey Lewis in the News twice. Okay. And I swear to you, there was a point at which I was 100% sure that Huey Lewis was looking right at me. <laughs> and I was looking at him through binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much in love with Huey Lewis I was. Did he have binoculars too? Uh, he did not. <laughs> no. But I really think he was looking into my soul. He might have been. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the kind of music he wrote, was soul-searching music. Uh, and then I, and then we went and saw – the best concert I ever went and saw with my dad was um, was the Monkees' Weird Al tour. The Monkees opened for Weird oh, Al. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Weird Al opened for the Monkees. It should have been vice versa. But he opened for the Monkees. Yeah, how do you follow Weird Al? You know, you know, I mean, that's such a particular... Well, I think you follow Weird Al by not really ever having been able to sing or play instruments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that... Yeah. Was, but it was a really great concert. Was that at Weird Al's height? Uh, <clears throat> is that, is that Eat It, Weird Al? Is that... Um, it was... Yeah, I guess it must have been. He came out... For sure, he came out... The first song that he played was Like a Surgeon. So he came out... <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. On a gurney in you Scrubs. open with that. Yeah, in Scrubs. So I don't know. It might have been... Yeah, I, I guess it was... I guess it was... It might have been that album. Was that 3D, though? You know, I, I, that, I'm going to... Again, yeah. as I did in the last segment... In this case, it just makes you cooler to admit that you don't know. In the case <laughs> of Weird it? Al, it's cooler. Yeah. But, uh, to not know the yeah. order of the discography of Weird yeah. Al. Yeah. Yeah. I only knew, like, I, I was I was really into him for a couple of albums, but I, about Dare to be Stupid was really the, the last one for me that I knew. Like, so you had a Weird Al work. phase. I had a Weird Al phase. I still love Weird Al, though. <laughs> He's so clever. Did He's very clever. Did he stare at you as well, like Huey Lewis? <laughs> you know, I didn't see that. I didn't notice anyone from the Weird Al or the Monkey staring at me. No. Uh-uh. And that was obviously Davy Jones, but you, but not Mike Davey Nesmith. Jo- it wasn't all for yeah, that would have been a big... Yeah, no. Mike Nesmith, I don't think he ever did, right? He was. He never went on tour with them. Yeah, supposedly like once or twice in the beginning, and then yeah. he was like, Yeah, no. But it is weird. It's a, it was a little weird to see them because, you know, your, un, my understanding of them was through the Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon would show reruns of the monkeys. Yeah. So you, as a young girl, think of them as being that age. I mean, obviously, I knew they weren't because I knew that they were around in the, in the 70s, 60s, and 70s. Right? Yeah, they were the 60s. But, yeah. um, but uh, still, you know, you kind of have them in your mind and then... And then you go to the reunion tour and you see them and they are, you know, the same age as your dad. And it's a little sexually confusing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly Mickey Dolan's isn't so hot. <laughs> suddenly? Yeah. Um, Wait a minute. What? I did. Was he not the hot I had I rotated crushes on each and every one of them. They all got Never crushes Peter Tork. from me. Peter Tork? Almost always Peter Tork. No. He was the one I always came back to. What? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Hmm. I don't know why. I just loved Peter. Now I'm sexually confused. He was so confused. lovably goofy. <laughs> He was just so sweet. You know, he was the dumb one. He he probably seemed like the one I could take advantage of most. It's like having a crush on Goofy? Larry. Oh, I was going to say. Mo, Wait, Mo, Larry, and Curly. Oh, wow. I want you to know that I <laughs> jumped straight to Perfect Strangers <laughs> and I skipped the Three Stooges altogether. I was like, Cousin Larry? <laughs> it is like having a crush on Cousin Larry. That is, yeah. You're right. It is a little bit. Oh, would Balky you have a crush on Balky was a sexy one. He, I was going to say, there's yeah. not really. That was back in the day when you didn't really need the sexy one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're like, let's just have funny people do these funny comedies. Yeah. We don't just need like. You didn't think his vest was sexy? Balky's vest. Yeah. I I didn't. I obviously didn't. Hmm. No, I wasn't attracted to Balky <laughs> as much. I'm stumped. As That's cousin stumped. Larry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Although yeah. Cosmic Cow, I had a thing for. Oh, big time. Too close for comfort. Forget it. This is getting weird. Yeah. This is for my it's other podcast. It's not even podcast. about music, yeah. This is definitely for my other yeah, podcast. Yeah. Weird people in the basement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when did your dad – was there a point when – because I asked Lou this from the other perspective, but was there a point when you were like, you know, I don't want my dad – you ever, was there a point when your dad wanted to take you to a show and he did and you were like, mm, I think we're good? Or did you just not have that kind of relationship? I don't think – well, I I just never went through a phase where I thought my dad was like – where I was embarrassed by my dad. I mean I definitely was independent in the sense that this – like some of these shows I'm listing, obviously my dad would have no interest in going to and nor was that something I would ever – I mean there was a very specific group of people that I was hanging out with. Right. But but even when I would go to shows like that, I would still I was still like going on road trips with my dad, and we would still like I'm sure the Peter Gabriel thing happened right around the same time that mm-hmm. I that I would be seeing some of those other bands that my yeah. dad would be like this is garbage music, um, not to be confused <laughs> with garbage, the band. But um, but yeah, I never really went. Th- I always just thought he was he was really cool. Like there were certain certain bands that he got into, and there was certain stuff that he loved from from his youth that I didn't necessarily get as on board for. Mm-hmm. But um, but we never had a problem like with all the road trips and stuff that we did together. So my dad was an author, and and so he and he writes books about ghost towns and mining camps all over the Western United States. And so during the summers, we would go on these road trips together, and we really. We really, uh, even when I was like 16, 17 years old, it was still like super fun to travel with my dad because he was just cool. And we would trade off listening to music. We'd get to pick like listening to music in the car and neither one of us ever picked anything the other person didn't want to listen to. That's so cool. Maybe my dad would lean more towards like getting into some, you know, maybe he'd be in the mood for some Billy Joel or some Jackson Brown, but I could abide by that. And maybe I would make, make him listen to, I'm trying to think of. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of something that I would have actually wanted him to listen to that he wouldn't have been as into. But the cure? there isn't much. Maybe. Yeah, I would maybe have said. But I. But that was like my music. You know what I mean? That was like my yeah. private teenage girl music. Like right. Depeche Mode. I would never have asked my dad to listen to. And then I think our most common ground was probably Talking Heads. Like we both were just obsessed by oh, Talking really? Heads. Yeah. That's love, so love Talking Heads. I'm trying to picture me and my dad listening to Talking Heads. <laughs> I almost want to have my dad in here and just play some Talking Heads and have him go. <laughs> this is what he'd go. He'd go, "That's dumb. <laughs> That's dumb." Yeah. Why? Nope. My yeah. dad got me into That's stupid. Yeah. My dad got me into bands that I would that I dismissed out of hand that I then grew into. Like I didn't like Talking Heads. Because, you know, they've been around forever. So when I was littler, I just didn't get it. And I remember being like, what is – like he would be watching Stop Making Sense or something and, and I would be like, hey, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, all of a sudden I just loved him. Yeah. So my dad kind of had to wait around for me on some stuff. And my dad loved Midnight Oil from the first time he heard them and I was like, ugh, I will never like them. Yeah. But then I went through a Midnight Oil phase. But it was definitely just a phase. Like I don't get excited when they – come on the radio they don't come on the radio anymore nor do i listen to the radio anymore i used to sit i used to sing um what that song blue sky mining is that the song mm-hmm. and the blue sky mining company won't come to my rescue i sing that really i sing them in the car like really loudly yeah and i didn't realize they were all like protest songs and, <laughs> but there was like, that they a real meant intense anything. meaning yeah you know what just, i just realized i thought you were going to do a much more intense impression of his voice and all of a sudden i realized i don't want to be angry again well it's all i just realized that it's almost like they're like the angry legitimate version of what i now hate in um what's that band that's like somebody it's either hey uh, now is it smash Smash mouth i i hate that voice so much but when i think about it it's kind of like the midnight oil like it sort of started that it's like oh well the river bro it's a little bit like i'm gonna tell on you (laughs) it's kind of it's like a weird grandfather version of of that i've never put that together but yeah yeah. That's disappointing. That's a disappointing realization. Maybe Midnight Oil should be doing all these, like, you know. Hey, now, hey. you're a rock star. Yeah. Sell that to the end of, like, a Disney oh, cartoon or something. It'd be so weird. Yeah. That would be so incongruous. It's already incongruous that it's that it's Smash Mouth, but if you no, that's took it a step further. Well, I guess with if it's if it's Shrek. I was imagining, right. like, the end of, like, a, a Disney, an actual Disney movie, like a Cinderella. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. If they did beds are burning at the end of Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty incongruous. Probably. Smash Mouth did um the song they did a monkey song, didn't they? Didn't that, I don't know. That's what I was trying can to I, can I be the guest that's like, I don't want to waste any more time to, air time talking about Smash Mouth. <laughs> can we just not give them <laughs> give them fine. that? Let's not give them that. We can we can stop talking about Smash Mouth for sure. Oh my god, we're still talking about them right now. Who's Smash Mouth? Ah Um Varney Price. I'm very glad you came on the show. It's been a joy. Vinx, can I tell you something? <laughs> That made me so happy. I, I honestly, that was my college. We would make the, every, we'd get back together. My friends, we, my friend Annie and I would make that joke, and it, it delights me that somebody else knows and remembers Vinks. <laughs> and I love that I didn't know I did until just now. From his entire family and myself. <laughs> Thank you, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks oh, for being on Wheel Cave. What a pleasure! I'm so glad you're doing this podcast. It's a perfect uh, podcast to, to do and, and perfect for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. Please do it again. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> um, folks, that's our show. That's our podcast. That's Wheel Cave. I'd like to um, – oh, now I'm going to – you know what I'm going to do now? I said I was going to play that J.C. Brooks and the Uptown Sound song and uh, the cover, the Wilco cover. And uh, please look for them. They're great. There, uh, you can get this song on iTunes, and uh, it's just terrific. That's all for today. I want to thank Lou Schneider, Janet Varney, my wife Tamara for doing the intro, Tamara Krinsky, Matt Belknap, putting this whole thing together. Thank you so much. And of course, JC Brooks and the Uptown Sounds. Thanks for listening. I'm an American aquarium drinker, and I assassin down the avenue. Been hiding out in the big city blinking What was I thinking when I let go of you? So let's forget about the about the tongue-tied lightning And let's undress just like cross-eyed strangers This is not a joke, so please stop smiling What was I thinking when I said it didn't hurt? Oh, I am trying to break your heart I said that I am trying to break your heart Still I'd be lying if I said it wasn't easy I am trying to break your heart Come on